0: All right, back to the body. Let's see here. So for those of you who were not here last week, which is totally fine, I'm just gonna get us back kind of on, in the same boat, so to speak, and just remind us of why the body is so important. So last week we talked just a little bit about you know, reminding us that the body is important and is the first foundation of mindfulness for one pretty obvious reason is that it's so big compared to emotions and mood. It is the easiest thing to bring awareness to because it's with us all the time. We're constantly in motion. It embodies our mood and emotions, So being with the body connects automatically to feelings and thoughts. So The body is an obvious place to start and the first foundation of mindfulness is indeed the body in all its forms, its postures, sitting and lying down, in its elemental factors, which is what we went over last week, which is looking at the body in terms of solid, liquid, heat, cold, these type of elemental qualities that the body has being human, being physical so those are a couple reasons why we start with the body. And what's interesting is that in some Southeast Asian traditions and in Southeast Asia, the this type of meditation might often come first before some of the other meditations that you have already learned. So in some places, this can, is considered sort of a beginning meditation. But in my experience, it's a little bit more abstract meditating on the body than it is with the breath. So I usually teach it after I've already taught Vipassana, but guess it just depends on what perspective you're taking. I know some of you have done these meditations before, uh, so we're going to do a little bit of the formal 32 body part meditation. We'll do three or four of the beginning parts of the body, and I'll explain why we use them and how we go through them, and then I'll do a guided meditation uh, through it. But I wanted to remind you a little bit about this type of meditation, so. In this kind of meditation, when you're dealing with parts of the body or the elements, the earth, water, wind, fire, or heat, you can you can say the names of the parts of the body like a mantra, the same way you would with your insight, I'm sorry, your uh, loving kindness phrases. So it would be like that. You'd be using them as a mantra. You'd be moving through the body and you could use your words and create aphorisms around the body. That's one way of doing it. It's not the primary way, but it's certainly one way that it's taught. Now, another way, which is what I'm gonna show you more of tonight is using visualization to accompany the sensations. So this is when you actually imagine that part of the body, you do a little contemplation about interacting with that part of the body. So there's a visualization component. And throughout the meditation, when I'm doing guidance, I would encourage you to try and keep the visualization going and add to it as it makes sense to you in the present moment. You can add or subtract from the visualization. I might imagine you to imagine that you do something and you just, you know, you can add to the visualization, whatever works for you to keep the mind focused on the content of the object of the body. And then another thing you can do is keep awareness at that part of the body. So if we're talking about teeth, you would bring awareness to the mouth in the jaw. If we talk about skin, then you could bring it anywhere on the body and you can bring that into awareness and then you can continue to visualize while you're feeling what is happening. When we talk about the first foundation of mindfulness, we're always presuming that you're grounded in awareness, right? We start with awareness of the physical sensations of the body. So no matter what we're doing, even if we're doing loving kindness practice, we always want to make sure that some of our awareness maintains contact with the physicality, the embodied being. So that's always part of the jam. We're always going to be doing awareness with life sensations, along with perhaps other things like we will today. Now, you can also combine these in various ways. So you could be visualizing and saying the part of the body. You could imagine teeth and then feel inside the mouth and say teeth. That would be using three different fabrications in the meditation, perfectly reasonable. So different teachers teach this different ways. I find it's helpful, as you know, to give you as many tools as possible and then encourage you to experiment with them and see what works for you. Try them out, modify them, do it in such a way that keeps you grounded. Um, But in this case, I'm just gonna remind you to keep that visualization going if you can because that will increase your concentration and it will make the experience more distinct. acute so you can really see and feel what's going on now for those of you who were here last week and we went through the elemental meditation you can combine this as well because teeth are solid right so when you be mindful of teeth you can also remind yourself oh this is the earth element i might be able to feel heat inside the mouth right that's fire element so once again the meditation we did last week is both preparatory but also can be used in combination so you could spend a good hour meditating on all the elemental body aspects and have a really solid meditation with this kind of thing. You can go very deep with this kind of practice. So you could add those as well if you see fit or after I go through the guidance um, during this week, you can practice it and see what happens when you combine the two. One of the reasons we do body meditation, I mean, there's many reasons, but one of the, the, I think the most important reasons we do meditation on the body is to remind ourselves about the nature of identity. Because we so clearly identify and over-identify with the physicality, and we say that's who we are. Right? We're very attached to how we look. I know I am. (laughs) So, I'm hands up if you have, you know, you get ready in the morning and you ask yourself, does this look good? Right? I'm not the only one that like washes hair or cuts nails. Right? So, it just goes unsaid that human beings have a social. (laughs) I was about to say duty. It's not really a duty, but we feel obligated. To take into account how we look when we are moving through the world right and we do it for ourselves as well and so that's part of the reason is that we use this meditation to get in touch with certain things such as feeling shame around the body or body parts or feeling vanity around the body or body parts so this is one way of getting in touch with not self this is a really really good way of getting in touch with not self it's also a very good way of understanding these abstract concepts that we call um, attachment and identity or I making as the Buddha called it. I think he called it, I making my making this creation of a self, this creation of identity. Cause we do this so frequently with the body. And so I just wanted to talk just a little bit about how you can have this insight with the body by having you just kind of consider a couple things. So first of all, when we talk about identifying with something, part of what we're saying is how much does it mean to you, right? So when I say you're identifying with the body, what I'm really saying is how much energy comes up around looking a certain way, right? How much energy comes up when you talk about how your hair has to be or how your clothing has to be or how confident you are in your body as you move through the world, how much meaning is ascribed. That's part of what we mean when we say attachment. How attached are we means how much meaning. Another thing it means is how much physical energy arises in relationship to your body, right? If something isn't going right physically, how much aversive energy arises, right? If you're having, say, a bad hair day or you need to cut your nails or something like that, right? So, or maybe you get a cut on your arm or something shows up on your face What is the insecurity factor there? What is the energy that arises? So that's what we mean by attachment and identity. How much energy is associated with our relationship with our body? Now, in general, when we talk about attachment, another way of looking at it is asking yourself, when you can't have something, how much energy arises? When you can't have something you want, how much energy arises around that? How much suffering and stress? That tells you that there is an increased attachment or identification with that thing. Or when you lose something that you really like, how does that feel? Are you able to say, okay, I just lost this thing. That's all right. Or is there a certain overwhelm? Another example, when something breaks or... Something doesn't go as planned. These are all examples of being able to measure our identity or our attachment or investment in something or some situation. So that's really what we're talking about is this very common human experience of grasping at something and having a particular emotional energy arise that is binding us to the experience. And when we can't have the experience or the experience doesn't go our way, we don't look a certain way that we'd like to look then there's a negative aversion, right? There's this dukkha, this stress and discontent that arises. Another way you can notice the attachment is if you look at somebody else who has something or has a particular type of life or looks a certain way and you think, oh, I wish I could be like them. That's a formation of an identity. I want to be an identity that's like that, right? So when we covet someone else's appearance or someone else's physicality, That again, a sense of attachment and there's gradations. Everyone has a different emotional pull. So when we say we're attached, there's various degrees of energy associated with attachment. So remember that it's very physical. You can be aware of the attachment and the identity as an experience in the living body. Being in touch with the body allows us to be in touch with something that we really identify with. So it's a very nice place, a very nice object of concentration to use the body. Because if you think about it, even in our heads, we're always sort of looking in the mirror, right? We're looking in the mirror, we're reflecting on ourselves, and we ask ourselves things like, am I attractive in this moment? Am I unattractive in this moment, right? Is something out of place with me physically? Is my hair out of place? or my eyebrows out of place, right? Are my teeth wide enough? You know, is there food in my teeth? You know, am I a certain weight or do I want to be thinner or larger or stronger? So we're always sort of reflecting back to ourselves and creating this physical identity. You might think of it even in terms of, you know, saying to yourself, oh, that makes me look old, right? Or looking at part of your body and saying, oh my gosh, am I getting older? This is common to all human experience as we age. It's like, oh, you know, is my hair going grayer? Or am I losing more hair? Or, you know, is my body, am I gaining weight, losing weight? So, I'm just saying this to remind you how much we engage in this low level, constant evaluation of our identity at the physical level, which is why this is such a good um, meditation, you know, or that common phrase where we might have some articles of clothing, right? And we might say, you know, I wear those around the house, but I wouldn't wear them out because how would someone see me, right? Identity making, right? That clinging to identity. Or we say things like, that's not my style, that's not my style, which means, okay, you have an attachment to a certain way of being, how you want to be seen and not seen, and that's not in the parameters of the identity that you see yourself as. So you can see this can be very deep. It can, it can really go deep with the kinds of things it can bring up for us when it comes to identity making and not self. And that's why I like the practice so much because it really brings those kinds of things out. Now, a few other ways of looking at this, because we're going to be doing body meditation. So we're looking at the actual parts of the body. So the first parts of the body that we'll be exploring is hair, teeth, and skin. And so hair, teeth, and skin, these are things that we tend to groom, right? These are why they're the very first body parts, and they're very solid and easily recognizable. These are things that are directly related to our image in a social environment, right? We're constantly figuring this stuff out with our hair, how does my skin look, you know, when I get on here to do (laughs) zoom, I've got these three lights. I mean, they're not professional lighting, but like before we start the zoom, I turn it on and I look at the camera and say, you know, how pasty does this Irish guy look today? And can I move the camera? So, you know, I at least look like a human and not a zombie. So, you know, every time we start a meditation, I have to deal with that body contemplation, because in my family, I got all the Irish genes. So, Under white light, I look like a vampire. So these are the kind of things that we deal with all the time, right? We're always reflecting. This is why doing these kind of meditations is great, especially for someone, you know, like me. So, you know, we whiten our teeth. We straighten our teeth. You know, we decorate our hair. We dye our hair. We style our hair. We want our skin to look a certain way. And so we do face masks and skin creams and all of these things. And I'm, you know... (laughs) I'm a sucker for a good face mask. I love face mask stuff. I'm always stealing Molly's like face mask stuff. I think it's so much fun to do (laughs) face mask stuff. But we do these things, right? We do these things, not just because we want to feel good, but because we have an identity and we expect our identity to be a certain way in the world. And we grow an attachment. And when that identity is not what we like, there is suffering. And that's really the key to this is when we get over attached to the body, there is a huge amount of suffering. And so this is where we begin to unpack that. Another aspect of the body has to do with, of course, the infamous three characteristics, Anicca, Dukkha, and Anatta, right? The body's impermanent, it is not self, and there is suffering related to it. So these are things that we can, when we are meditating on the body, we can remind ourselves, teeth aren't always in good shape. Sometimes we get root canals, sometimes we get cavities, our hair changes over time, skin not as taut, it gets wrinkled. These are direct contact with aging, direct contact with impermanence, and direct contact with discontent. So the body, unfortunately, is this great signal for all of this different wisdom, and we tend to not want to get in touch with it. And it's this great object that we tend to ignore because there's a lot of shame in our cultures, especially Uh, North American culture with body shaming is just off the rails. So we have a lot of body shaming in our culture. And so sometimes these meditations, we time to shy away from because it's just, we don't want to go there. Okay. I think that was the basic stuff I wanted to ground us in. Let me say one other thing. So I just wanted to say this. um, So body... One other thing I always say before I do bo- this type of body meditation, so two things actually. One is trauma can be stored in the body. So if you have a background where you experience trauma, sometimes these meditations, when you bring awareness deep into the physicality of the body, can trigger some of that stuff. So just be aware of that. It can bring up intense emotions when you do body exploration. Um, so it just like let people know, take care of yourself and be, be mindful if that's the case. And the other thing about body meditation that I always feel like I have to say, because it's not fair to presume that being aware of the body is a comfortable experience for folks, is that when we're doing body part meditation, for some people, it can be kind of gross, right? Some people don't, you know, hair, teeth, nails, like there's other ones we're we not going to do this week, but in the coming weeks, like the stomach and inside the stomach, and so... I understand that you can be with that aversive sense of the body if that kind of stuff comes up, because sometimes people get triggered. The body isn't always something people are comfortable with, but it's a safe space. You can bring awareness to it. If you need to stop the meditation and bring in some loving kindness, you can also do that. Or you can do any meditation if you want to keep with the sit. If you need to kind of bow out for a little bit because something gets triggered or that part of the body is not fun for you to meditate on, no big deal. Just take care of yourself. Be kind while you're awake and aware okay so get comfortable and you can do this the body meditation is one of those meditations you can also do lying down I mean you can do any meditation lying down but it is one of those meditation that lends itself if you're comfortable you can lean back and relax and get in touch with the body you can also do it sitting it can also be combined with walking meditation I thought that would be a little more complex for what we got going tonight Okay, let's get settled. Get our little bell here. Okay, here we are, embodied beings sitting. Take a long, slow, deep breath in, in through the nose and out through the mouth, relaxing the body as the breath leaves. And let's take a minute to remind ourselves that the body is so much earth element, solid, dense, dense, Bring awareness to the solidity of the body, density of the muscles, the weight of the head as it's held up by the neck and the spine, the weight of the arms off the shoulders hanging down, Notice where the body makes contact with the environment. That pressure is weight plus gravity. Physical body in a physical world. Embodied beings sitting, breathing. and bring your awareness to breathing for a minute. But in this moment, I would invite you to really feel the rising and contracting of the muscles and the lungs. Feel the physicality of breathing. It is a physical act, earth element. A vacuum is created, filling the lungs with air. contraction of the abdomen and the stomach bring awareness into direct contact with the real physicality of breathing earth element Let's bring our awareness to the top of the head. And we're gonna begin to remind ourselves of all these individual parts of the body, the conditions that make up what we call the body or the self, the physical self. To bring awareness to the top of the head I want you to picture your hair, if you can. If your hair is long enough and you can actually feel it, bring awareness to the sensation of contact where hair touches face, touches body. Now, of course, if you're like me and there's not very much hair, you can use a visualization where you remember what it feels like. The visualization is really what matters. That we're looking at an object, a part of the body that we call hair, hair of the head. And I want you to get in touch with the identity you have around your hair. The easiest way to do that is to get in touch with how you like it what length of hair do you like? What style? What color? What about texture? Do you like to condition it? Do you like to brush it or comb it, style it in some particular way? Be mindful of that identity that craving for it to be a certain way. If you had to leave the digital Dharma hall, go out and see friends or go to work, how would you want your hair to be? What identity would you be attached to? And really bring that visualization into being, keeping awareness in contact with that part of the body, but really Imagine yourself brushing your hair, or perhaps washing your hair, tending to it the way you like. Creating yourself into that image. I have this kind of hair. I like it when it looks and feels like this. Desire, craving, identity, attachment. With that image in mind, that emotional sensation in mind, you might ask yourself, am I my hair? Is this hair really me? Is this hair really me? Is this hair permanent? is this hair self. The flip side of this meditation is to get in touch with aversion. Imagine the hair in a way that you dislike when it's not in alignment with your preferred identity. Your hair changes color, perhaps gets brittle and gray. Perhaps there is hair loss. Impermanent changing phenomenon that is not self. Bring that into awareness. Feel the difference in emotional state when you imagine it in a way that's not in alignment with how you'd like. It's not the right color. It's messy. It doesn't feel the way you'd like. There's not enough of it. The style isn't working for you aversion, discontent. Notice if there's any desire or grasping you can feel between the preferred hair and the hairstyle or hair situation, if you will, that breeds discontent. Notice the sense of self that arises if you imagine or visualize your hair as it ages, as it changes, as it falls out. The truth of impermanent changing phenomenon, not self. And here is another way to look at your identity. Imagine for a moment the hair on your head, your hair. And you're going to leave for a meeting, some social circumstance, and you need your hair to look a certain way. Notice that attachment or just that mild desire of how you like it to be And then imagine some of your hair that has fallen out and is sitting on the counter. Look at that hair. Perhaps you'd pick it up. Do you care as much about that hair that has fallen out? Are you worried about how it looks? Are you concerned about how other people would see it? Notice the change in relationship, hair on the head, attachment to it being a certain way, pieces of hair that have fallen out or on the hairbrush. How much attachment do we have there? Is this hair self? Is this hair I, me, mine? Another example. You're sitting at your desk. And you notice a couple strands of hair on your desk or keyboard. They're your hair, your strands. So you might pick them up and brush them away. You might throw them away. Notice the relationship to your hair. You recognize it as yours. Now compare that sensation to this. You're sitting at your desk and you notice several strands of hair that are not yours. Perhaps a total stranger. Notice your reaction. Positive, negative, neutral. Hair, it's still hair, but it's not yours. Different relationship. More than likely, there's no care in the world about somebody else's hair, though you might have some aversion that it's not yours, but a different relationship. Change in identity. change in identity, non-attachment. Am I my hair? Is this hair permanent? Is this hair I, me, or mine? Let's move awareness to another part of the body. Fingernails, fingernails and toenails. Bring awareness to your hands and or feet. The tips of the toes and the tips of the fingers to the degree that it's possible to rest awareness there. might take a second or two to take the fingernails of one hand and just gently tap them against the fingernails of the other hand. Maybe scrape them a little bit, tapping, touching, moving. Nails touching nails, feel that solidity, that pressure, that earth element. When you feel that element, the touching of nail to nail, what is the emotional reaction? Are these nails really me? Are they I, me, mine? Am I my fingernails? And then you might take your fingernails of one hand and just gently touch them to your arm, feeling the sharpness, the curvedness of nails, the sensation, the contact. So many sensations of physically embodied being. Nails. Am I my nails? Now imagine this. Think of your fingernails or toenails, an identity that you have around them. How do you like them to be cut? How do you like them to be decorated? Trimmed a certain way, a certain length, certain color. Nails, craving, attachment and desire. My nails look this way. How long or short do your nails have to be before you get an aversive response? Like, oh, they need to be longer, they need to be shorter. What aversion arises when you can't decorate them the way you'd like. Imagine your fingernails and the identity you have with them them to be a certain way, your fingernails. And then we remind ourselves of our counterpoint, the aversion. What happens when they're brittle? Or they're uneven. Perhaps you get an ingrown nail that hurts, pain. Nails can have fungus. They can get infected, dukkha, impermanent, these nails. Not always how we would like them to be. Maybe you find your nails attractive one moment, but unattractive the next. Feel the difference in identity. Am I my fingernails? Am I my toenails? Are toenails self? Are toenails self? Imagine your toenails or fingernails as they are on the body how that feels. We all have that moment where we think, oh, my nails are getting a little long, I should probably cut them. That moment where we're like, this is not good enough. My identity is out of sorts. And then we make that effort to bring identity back because we have an attachment to the way we think it should be, the way it should look or feel. Attachment to that part of the body. Now what if your relationship with your fingernails changes? Imagine You have some nail clippings on the counter. Imagine those nail clippings in your hand. What is the difference between the nail clippings and the nails on your fingers? Not as much attachment, I would presume. Different relationship, but still nails different context means different identity am i these nail clippings are these nail clippings self notice the difference Imagine once again, you're sitting at your desk, perhaps at the table. And you notice a nail clipping, and you realize it's your nail. So you pick it up. What is the emotional response? Maybe you're not a big fan of nail clippings. So maybe there's aversion. Or maybe because you know, it's yours. No response. Neutral. Now imagine you're sitting at that same desk and you find some toenail clippings, but this time they are not yours. Notice the emotional response. Nails. Still nails, but slightly different context. Are you attached to those nails? Do you respond the same? Does the same self arise, the same identity? Probably not. Am I my nails? Are these nails permanent? Are these nails I, me, or mine? Now we will move to the face again, if you will. Bring awareness into the face. And specifically, bring awareness into the mouth. Last week, I invited you to notice moisture, water element, heat, the fire element. Notice warmth or moisture in the mouth. It can help to move the tongue around a little bit. Helps to be able to notice heat and moisture that way. And then take a second to make contact with the teeth, tongue against teeth, and maybe outline them front and back with teeth with your tongue. So you really feel the hardness of those bones in your mouth, the earth element. You might also click them together lightly. Just reminding yourself that they are solid, hard. Bone. Just another part of the body, teeth. I want you to imagine your preference for those teeth, those bones. We brush our teeth, we clean our teeth, we straighten our teeth, we whiten our teeth. There is identity wrapped up in those little bones. What attachment do you have to teeth? How do you like them to look when you smile at another person? Feel that craving for them to be a particular way. Imagine someone else is looking at your teeth. How do you feel? Quite a bit of concern we have at times around teeth. Am I my teeth? Again, you might do the opposite, and imagine teeth not doing so well. Perhaps they are filled with cavities and painful. Perhaps gums recede. Perhaps your teeth become chipped. Perhaps a tooth falls out. Notice the change in identity, the emotion. Imagine if one of those front teeth, one of our big teeth falls out, perhaps two or three, How attached are you to how you look? If that is your new set of teeth, notice any aversion that arises, that preference for teeth, those bones to be a particular way, for the meaning to be a particular way What would it mean for you to have missing teeth? Identity. Am I these teeth? Are these teeth self? Notice the attachment to having them in a particular way. Identity making, I making, my making. Last visualization, we spend our mornings and evenings oftentimes brushing teeth, caring for them with this attachment. But then imagine that you have to have a tooth pulled and the dentist hands you that tooth and you put it in your hand. How much do you care about that tooth now Notice the difference in attachment, the difference in identity. It's still your tooth, is it not? Or was it ever your tooth? I, me, mine, teeth, earth element. As we come to a close, take another long, slow, deep breath in through the nose and out through the mouth, really feeling embodied being. Nails, hair, teeth, physical being, embodied beings breathing. I making and my making. So the body, physicality. You can take any part of the body, that's just a few of them. So much interesting stuff you can do. We'll do some inner work next week around the body. But I would invite you every so often when you're sitting to just grab a part of the body and make that your object, even if you're doing breath meditation. Take a few minutes to be aware of teeth. Take a few minutes to be aware of moisture, heat, You can always incorporate, the body is always there during the meditation. So body part meditation can always be done. It is not something that is far away from experience. Any questions about that experience, especially if something strange came up or funny or amusing when you reached a particular part of the body, something you did not expect to happen. Sometimes that happens with body meditation quite a bit. I don't normally think I'm too attached to my teeth, but this meditation, when I imagined losing some of my teeth, I definitely felt an aversion. I was like, huh. You know, I brush my teeth and care for them, but there is an attachment to certain parts of our body that we are really identified with, and we have a sense of self-image. And there is dukkha when that self-image is not in alignment with the way we would like it to be. Teeth. Well, my friends, thank you for hanging in there with our body meditation. I appreciate your time. I know we are heading towards the end of summer, and there is so much to be doing. I appreciate you would take a time out of your evening to come join us once again. And I just am delighted to be with you. Thanks so much for your time. Be well. Be kind.